Good morning, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Uh, welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, welcome to Pittsburgh Steelers. A view from across the pond. I'm recording this pod slightly later than I thought I would, uh, due to the fact that um, spent most of yesterday being ill and still not feeling great today. But I uh, wanted to get this pod in the can, as they say. Um, so always the risk, I suppose, when you're a one-man operation that uh, everything falls to you, and it's a bit uh, difficult to do when you're feeling so rough. Anyway, a strange day in the NFL over the over the weekend, um, and obviously following through into Monday when Pittsburgh played. Uh, headlines from Sunday, of course, seeing the Buffalo Bills go down to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which no one f- foresaw coming. Uh, especially funny seeing Josh Allen sack Josh Allen and Josh Allen intercept Josh Allen. Um, the comedy of the NFL, I guess. Also seeing the Broncos go to AT&T Stadium and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Um, always nice to see the Cowgirls lose. Uh, just very strange, of course, because obviously now, uh, last week they played, the Cowgirls had uh, Cooper Rush at quarterback and won, and now they've got Dak back and they lose. So, you know, some really, really, really odd results. Um, nice to see that the Bungles are being the Bungles um, and starting to implode getting hammered by unfortunately it was the Cleveland Browns but well that's just the Bungles being the Bungles so that takes me to Monday Night Football um, it was a obviously a late one over here um, in the UK uh, 1.15am kickoff uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Chicago Bears uh, finishing around about, about half four quarter past four in the morning um, so very long night but worth it never miss my Pittsburgh Steelers never miss the miss a game never want to uh, not watch them when they're on television so um a game we won uh, fourth straight win 29-27 against the bears a very commanding first quarter perform- first half performance and uh, not so quite as good in the second half um, as Justin Fields brought the Chicago Bears back. Um, a few things to discuss in, on this pod, so I'm going to start off by, we'll talk about a little bit of reflection back on um, on the game on Monday night um, as regards to the, to the stats and the stats, some of the performances and some of the talking points from that game. Um, then we'll look at uh, Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday, um, which where he spoke about uh, injuries and looking forward to the Lions on Sunday. Uh, A little bit on the Lions uh, coming up as well. Uh, And a few, just a few sort of bits at the end to bring this all together. So, um, in terms of the game on on Monday night football, it was a fantastic atmosphere at Heinz Field. The ground was, the the stadium was really rocking. Um, probably added to by the colour rush. Colour rush is looking really fantastic. Um, all those terrible towels twirling are really nice to see. Uh, Rocky Blyer, of course, before the game as well. Um, because of it been a salute to service uh, weekend in the NFL. Uh, Rocky Blyer, obviously, who not only did he play for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and win um, participate in four Super Bowls, he was also a veteran of the Vietnam War. Uh, the incredible story, of course, about Rocky Blyer was that he was injured in Vietnam and told he would never, ever play football ever again. But Rocky showed determination. He came back um, and went on to play for Pittsburgh Steelers and win four Super Bowls, which is incredible considering he was told that he'd never play the game ever again. Um, salute to service, really important. Uh, I don't think that we thank our veterans enough for the job they do in defending our freedom, um, putting their own lives on the line. Um, 
you know, their family lives are very much um, curtailed by the fact that they're posted abroad for six months to a year, uh, depending on which armed services they serve in. Um, and obviously, I'm very appreciative not only of the American services, um, our greatest allies, but also of the British services and the job that they do in protecting us and keeping us safe. So thank you, massive thank you to the armed services of Britain and America and all our allies for everything they do. Um, in protecting our freedom you guys are heroes real brave guys real heroes and ladies of course as well these days you ladies are heroes as well so in terms of the game 29-27 victory 14-3 at half time great first half performance with uh, touchdowns from Najee Harris and Pat Freyamuth um, second half uh, another Freyamuth touchdown and some field goals from Chris Boswell uh, obviously a bit more disappointing because the Bears were allowed back into the game it just seems with Pittsburgh we can never just blow anybody out we always have to take it to this extreme where we have to give our fans a heart attack as we did against uh, Seattle, Denver and now against the Chicago Bears but hey, that's been a Steeler fan um, listening to Good Morning Football yesterday it said the Steelers are the Steelers that's what the Steelers seem to do they're not a team that go and blow people out they're always a team that seem to uh, want to keep it close uh, and cause their fans minor heart attacks. Um, right, so first of all, a bit of reflection on Benjamin Todd Rufflesberger yesterday. Um, ben was fabulous, uh, really, really, you know, um, is doing a good job considering, you know, he isn't the same quarterback he was when he was drafted. He He's not getting any younger, but he did a good job um, yesterday. You know, the balance that we're showing in terms of our passing attack and our running attack is really helping the Steelers. And since we've gone over to that more balanced approach, uh, like we did in the Denver game, like we did in the Seattle game, like we did in the Cleveland game, and now in the uh, Chicago game, we seem to be a lot more successful um, winning more games. So the balanced attack really is the way forward. You know, the again, where we had the approach where there's around about 30 passes to 30 runs, a really good balanced attack. Um, in terms of BTR stats, he was 30 attempts, 21 completions, 205 yards, two touchdowns, and again, for the four straight game, no interceptions. So another good performance there from BTR, um, bringing it, um, and you know, maybe perhaps say, showing that um, he isn't done yet, despite what the media say. Um, what was really interesting for me was the fact that, um, not that I'm comparing him to this man, because Ben is a first ballot, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. Um, up there with the likes of Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. Um, but Faker Mayfield had very similar stats to Ben coming out of the weekend. And you listen to the media fawning over Baker, saying, oh, he was fantastic. What a fantastic performance from Baker. He was brilliant. He was awesome. And then all you hear is people talking down and throwing shade at Ben. Um, so he's, you know, he's not the quarterback he was. He's an old man now. He's a dinosaur. I think that's what Colin Cowherd called him. But the guy's got stats as good and if not better than someone you've just said had an awesome game. So you can't have it both ways. Is this just, again, another example of the media hating the Pittsburgh Steelers for no reason? Um, probably is. Although it was nice on Good Morning Football yesterday to hear uh, Pete Schrager, uh, Kay Adams, uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, talking about Pittsburgh being contenders in the AFC, um, which was good to hear. Um, so 
good positive there. Um, in terms of the running attack, the running attack, of course, all fell mainly solely on Najee Harris. Najee, who is uh, the real focal point of our offense this season. And since he's taken even more of a focal role in the last four games, it's really improved the balance and the quality of our offense. Najee had 22 rushes for 62 yards, 2.8 average, one touchdown. Um, not as impressive in terms of the average number of yards per carry and obviously his yard total wasn't as impressive as it has been in previous games um, I think that was because uh, on Monday night our O-line really really struggled the developments they've had over the past few games um, seem to really go backwards um, you know if you looked at the games where we played against uh, Denver, Seattle Cleveland, the O-line, seem to be making steps forward. Whereas last night, um, against the Chicago Bears defence, who are a good defence, but you know, remember that Khalil Mack wasn't there, neither was, neither was Alec Ogletree. They really struggled. They didn't look good at all. Um, Kendrick Green had, I think, what we call in the UK a complete mare. He seemed to get bull rushed quite a lot, shoved off the ball. Uh, there was occasions where, for example, when Najee received the ball, Kendrick Green was practically in his lap. Um, Dan Moore was pretty much eaten live as well by the likes of Robert Quinn. Um, so the offensive line didn't have the best of games. And that would perhaps explain why Najee didn't get up to 80, 90, 100 yards like he has been in the last three weeks. But still a pretty impressive performance. Still a great TD. Broke a couple of you know good long runs as well. Um, and again, Najee being Najee, he never gives up. Yes, when he gets hit behind the line of scrimmage or hit at the line of scrimmage, he keeps moving. He keeps those legs pumping and he keeps moving the pile forward. He did that again on Monday night, keeping it that great performance. It does, of course, make me reflect on the fact that if anything were to happen to Najee, well, God help us. Can you imagine Benny Snell doing that? No. Uh, can you imagine Caelan Ballage? No. And Ant Mac? Not that he's not that sort of back anyway. Ant Mac is a more change of pace back. Uh, Ant Mac, who didn't dress, of course, for Monday night, wasn't included, was a, um, a healthy scratch for the game on Monday night. Um, not quite sure why. Uh, why you pick Benny Snell over him? God only knows. Um, and it can't be just special teams because Ant Mac can play special teams. Um, and Ant Mac is certainly a better punt returner, kick returner than Ray Ray McLeod. More on that later. <clears throat> there were some pretty impressive use of jet sweeps as well. Um, Matt Canada really bringing in that motion and the jet sweeps to change the focal point of the attack and keep the Chicago Bears defense on its toes. Nice use of Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson and James Washington of course, on those jet sweeps um, to some really impressive gains and some really impressive jet sweeps there from those three guys. And those guys have bought in really well to that 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 new jet sweep approach from Matt Canada. Um, you know, the offense is still at an early stage. He's still developing his system. Um, and I think going forward, you know, we're seeing um, perhaps a limited form of Matt Canada's system. Uh, we're not going to see the true Matt Canada system, I don't think, until... Perhaps, you know, next season or the season after, once Matt Canada gets into place, you know, as brilliant as Ben is, he's not perhaps the quarterback that Matt Canada would choose for his system. Um, Matt Canada, Canada's system works, I think, more with a more mobile quarterback, someone like a Justin Fields, for example, um, and perhaps drafting someone out of college at the end of this season who is more mobile will be something that will uh, allow Matt Canada to really unleash his system, which has already started to look impressive on the NFL. So, um, in terms of receiving, um, the receivers had not an amazing game, probably grade them about a B for this Um 
some slightly off throws from Ben. Uh, they struggled to get open at times, a couple of drops as well. Um, our leading receivers were uh, DJ, as usual, with five catches for 56 yards, average of 11.2 yards with no touchdowns. Chase Claypool, three catches for 30 yards, average of 10 yards per catch, no touchdowns. And the main man um, on the receiving side of the game, of course, was Pat Framuth. He had five catches for 43 yards, uh, 8.6 average, but for two touchdowns. Um, Pat Framuth, want to talk about him. He was very, very impressive again, um, particularly in the red zone, Mr. Red Zone. Um, his ability to go up for those combat catches, as Mike Tomlin called them on Tuesday, was impressive. He fought for the ball and came down with two very impressive touchdowns. Um, it was also great as well before the game to see Muth, meaning Heath. Um, let's see Heath Miller there in attendance uh, to see uh, the guy who's following on from him, really, catching two fantastic touchdown passes in the red zone. Our red zone offence was quite impressive, actually, um, on Monday night. Um, they played really, really well, and Pat Freyer move is part of that development of that red zone offence, um, particularly with those two catches. The guy just seems to be able to, no matter how difficult the situation, get that ball, bring it down, score those touchdowns in the red zone. He is going to be a, a fantastic weapon for Ben going forward this season and an awesome weapon for whoever the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers is going forward. Uh, you know, right, but this guy is just still a rookie. Um, as Mike Tomlin said, he's a rookie. Uh, he's still got development. He's still got things to learn, but he's already showing up to be absolute quality. Um, so offense, 29 points. If we had another missed field goal, we would have broke 30 points. I missed field goal, I missed extra point. We would have broke 30 points, which would have been nice. So moving on to the defense. Well, when it comes to the defense, there's just one man we talk about here to start off with. That's TJ Watt. TJ Watt, I think, just seems to play his own game. He seems to do what he wants, when he wants. Uh, no one can contain him. No one can stop him. Um, so impressive this year. So impressive. Um, game stats, seven tackles, four solo tackles, three assisted tackles, three QB hits, uh, two, uh, three sacks, one pass defensed as well. Um, TJ made Justin Fields' life a misery. Just every time he got anywhere near him, bringing him down or hitting him, he was quality. TJ is just the heart and soul of our defense. He is, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, on the season so far, 11 and a half sacks, which puts him second behind that giant turd from Cleveland. Um, but one thing to remember is that although Miles Garrett may be ahead of uh, TJ, TJ has missed one and a half games this season already. So TJ's stats look a whole lot more impressive um, given the fact that he's played in less games than that giant turd from Cleveland. Um, also impressive on the night, Cam Hayward interception. Yeah, his stats weren't you know, it's nothing to write home about, but his presence, his ability, uh, what he brings to the defence as a leader cannot be underestimated. Um, and that interception was fantastic as well. See Cam getting his interception as well. Um, any uh, sort of the other highlights again um, from things, some nice pass breakup in the end zone by Joe Hayden on Jimmy Graham um, from the defence. Defence was very, very impressive in the first first half, perhaps not as impressive in the second. Again, um, 
few players were a little bit too um, what's the word anonymous in my opinion people like Devin Bush was very anonymous in the game he had two tackles uh, solo tackles one assist and that was pretty much it for the night um, in fact I remember in the commentators in the third quarter saying oh, that's the first time we've mentioned Devin's name tonight so um, interesting that is but the defence certainly in the first half was very 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 lights out very impressive Um Minka Fitzpatrick played well as well, some great tackles, cover, uh, such an intelligent player as well. If you watch some of the highlights, if you look at how he plays, how he reads the game, how he knows where to go, when to run, and that hit on Justin Fields on the sideline, which some people say was a late hit. Well, no, it wasn't. Justin Fields was a runner at that point. He was still in bounds when Minka hit him, and if you notice, it's Justin Fields who drops his head um, and not Minka that drops his. So, to those people out there saying that it was a late hit or it was roughing the passer, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, one slight concern, of course, from the night was the, um, the use of Arthur Morley deep, um, something he obviously can't do because the Chicago Bears picked on him relentlessly um, and scored touchdowns as a result of that. So that's, that's something we need to look at going forward. Some good adjustments made by Keith Butler and Terrell Austin um, throughout the second half as well when... Um, Obviously, in the obviously they moved Cam Sutton back inside and James Pierre outside um, when they realised there was a problem on the inside with Alan Robinson um, against Arthur Morley. So, um, so decent performances. Um, something we've certainly got to look forward, looking forward, just perhaps tighten that defence a little bit going forward um, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, all in all, a win. A win is a win. Um, in terms of special teams on the night, um, Chris Boswell, the Wizard of Boz, this guy is just fantastic. You know, he was in concussion protocol after last week, but he came back, he kicked three fantastic field goals. Yes, he missed an extra point, but, you know, the guy's just come back off injury. He recovered a fumble off his own kick, um, and when he recovered that fumble, to see him disappearing under a pile, I was just like, oh, God, not again. Please, God, not let him be uh, <laughs> be have been hammered again but no he was fine um, so you know Boz again outstanding in my opinion Boz is probably the best kicker in the NFL Justin Tucker is just a very very jammy kicker Boz has the skill and the talent um, and is a very 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 good kicker we are lucky to have someone like Chris Boswell in, on, the, on the roster um, Presley Harvin a little bit worrying the guy okay the guy's a rookie but very but was a little bit of a shankopotamus on the night, a few shanks of his kicks, um, something that he needs to continue to develop and continue to work on um, this week in practice and going forward um, to be more consistent in his in his punting. Uh, moving on to one of my pet peeves, um, Ray Ray McLeod. I'm not a Ray Ray fan, really not a Ray Ray fan at all. Um, I don't know what he brings to the roster. He is a very average receiver. He is uh, doesn't add anything on the offense. Punt return-wise, kick return-wise, he is poor. Uh, he's not up to the job. Uh, that fumble that allowed Chicago to score a touchdown and brought them right back into the game, solely his fault. God knows what he thought he was doing. You know, just signal the fair catch, hold the ball, and... No problem at all, but then to give that up was just pathetic. You know, Ray Ray McLeod, for me, is is just not good enough to play on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
he is not a quality pun returner. He is not a quality kick returner. Um, he is someone who doesn't belong on the roster. He's not good enough to play for us. Uh, especially if you consider that someone like Ant Mac or James Pierre or DJ could do equally as good, if not better, a job as a punt returner or a kick returner. Um, and certainly he doesn't add anything to the receiving game anyway. So his spot in terms of that receiving could go to someone else. Um, you know, like Miller, who's on the practice squad, Bussy, if he comes back fit, someone like that brought into the team to add something in the receiving core, because um, certainly he doesn't. This is especially considering that, you know, Chase Claypool uh, left the game on Monday night with a toe injury and has got to have an MRI scan on his toe. Um, if Chase isn't able to play against the Detroit Lions, that would pass put us down uh, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, um, and obviously Eric Ebron. You know, yes, there's Pat Framuth, yes, there's Jack, Zach Gentry, uh, but this would put this deep receiving core that we had at the start of the season down to just two main receivers in DJ and James Washington. I'm not including Ray Ray in that because the guy's not good enough to play NFL football. Um, so hopefully Chase, the Chase's injury is not not serious and he's able to practice again towards the end of the week um, and play uh, next Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Um because we need to have that situation where we've got a range of weapons for Ben to use on Sunday um, against the Detroit Lions, especially as you know we're coming off a short week. Um, be prepared, obviously, um, on Wednesday to see more players on the injury list and more players with limited practice, because this is a short week. You know, Coach Tomlin will probably want to rest a few of his players, give them a bit more of a, uh, an extended break coming out of that tough, tough game on Monday Night Football. Um, going forward now, you know, we're playing the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Um, again, another game that's got trap game written all over it. Um, the one thing I want to say, though, is that, you know, people talked about the fact that we should have blown the Bears away and we should go in and blow the Detroit Lions away. But what people seem to forget is that this is the NFL. There are no gimmies. Look at the weekend. Denver beat Dallas. Jacksonville beat Buffalo. Um yeah, the, there is no gimmies this year. You know, the Jets have beaten the Titans. The Titans, who then on Sunday beat the Rams, who are probably one of the best teams in the NFL. So there are no gimmies. These guys are professionals. These guys are the best in the world at what they do. Um, and it's quite insulting to say that, obviously, that um, the Lions and the Bears should be just walkovers. That's insulting to their players, insulting to their fans, and insulting to their coaching staffs. You know, Detroit have kept it close. You know, how, what it... How, you know, in a lot of games, um, yes, they are zero and eight. But you know, apart from a, a jammy, jammy feed got field goal um, by Justin Tucker for the Baltimore Ravens, they could have beaten the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so, you know, let's not underestimate Detroit going forward into Sunday's game. Um, I suppose one benefit will be that Jared Goff is nowhere near as mobile a quarterback as Justin Fields, which will perhaps help in terms of getting at the quarterback on Sunday. Um, Detroit obviously will come in after having a bye as well which means they've had a little bit more rest than Pittsburgh um, which may benefit them as well uh, be prepared for them as well to try a few things like some onside kicks and some more trick plays when you're 0-8 and eight, you've got nothing left to lose you know I've been really impressed with their coach this year his attitude and the way he wants to play the game um, talking more about the Lions obviously in later podcasts this week moving towards Sunday's game um, so something there to 
think about. Uh, Mike Tomlin faced the media on Tuesday um, in a press conference uh, where he gave updates um, from the game on Tuesday night, obviously about Chase Claypool's injury, um, calling obviously the, the fumble on, on the punt return unacceptable, but saying that he was fully behind Ray Ray as our punt returner. Um, he talked as well about the fact that in response to, I think it was a question from Brooke Pryor, where she asked about were the win was beating these NFC teams as important as going forward as beating the AFC teams. Mike gave a great response to that going, I really don't know what you're talking about, but this is the NFL. We want to win every game. We go out there to win every game. This, you know, we are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, and if you're a player hearing your coach talk like that, um, it's going to fire you up. Um, coach Tomlin, who in my opinion is one of the best coaches in the NFL, um, you know, coming out of Sunday, uh, Monday night as well. You know, Coach Tomlin um, had his 150th win as Pittsburgh Steelers coach, which takes him past Coach Cower, and he makes him the fourth fastest in NFL history to 150 wins, putting him up there with the likes of um, Curly Lambeau, uh, Don Shula, uh, and George Halas. Um, maybe I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, really fantastic performance from Coach Tomlin, who is one of the best coaches um, in the NFL. And all those people out there who are detractors, who are haters, who talk down about Tomlin, um, saying, "Oh well, he's, you know, he's only won one Super Bowl." Well, the only people in the last twenty years even won more than one Super Bowl is Tom Coughlin, who's won two of the Giants, and Bill Belichick. Um, last 20 years, no one has won more than one Super Bowl apart from those two guys. Um, 15 years, no losing seasons. He's got an even record in the postseason. Um, fourth fastest players want to play for him. Players talk so positively about him, not just Pittsburgh Steelers players, players from other teams as well. Um, you know, be in no doubts that if Coach Tomlin wasn't at the Steelers, he would be snapped up by some other franchise in seconds um, and be in a coaching position within within seconds of leaving the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are exceptionally lucky to have someone like Coach Tomlin um, as our coach. Um, he talked as well about the Detroit Lions. He, in response to the question about, you know, uh, what do you think about the Detroit Lions using trick plays and onside kicks? He said that, you know, as a team, we prepared for that every week anyway, and it wasn't a major concern going forward. Um, so, Coach Tomlin, um, press conference coming straight off the back of the press conference that he'd given, obviously, on Monday night um, about the game um, against the Chicago Bears. Um, Got to say, just uh, so going forward now, obviously, this is uh, Wednesday. Um, hopefully, some more pods out later this week. Uh, looking forward to the Lions game and some more reflections on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, a couple of other things that got my goat, or one more thing that got my goat, was listening to Colin Cowherd. Cowherd, yes, Colin Cowherd. He is an idiot. Um, he spoke very positively about Justin Fields. Fair enough, Justin Fields is a good quarterback. He's a very promising quarterback and looks set pops to break this hoodoo of the Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and did play well. But to say that um, Ben, would you rather be in Chicago's position or Pittsburgh's position where Pittsburgh have a dinosaur at quarterback and no succession plan? Um, to call Ben a dinosaur is just insulting. You know, this guy is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy has led this team for his entire career. He's 
been to you know he's won two super bowls he's been to three super bowls he is just a quality player and to call him a dinosaur is just rude and insulting and perhaps confirming that we all know that there is a real you know dislike of the Steelers in the media for some unknown reason um, so Colin Cowherd keep your opinions to yourself um, especially when there is irrelevant and rubbish as what you've just come out with calling our Ben um, a dinosaur you know leave him alone um, okay so that's the pod for today hope you've enjoyed it um, looking forward to sharing some more with you later in the week here we go Steelers <laughs>